When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, good afternoon. Open Forum Wednesday, NBA basketball. We have a game tonight. Yes, indeed. Game three in Miami with the series tied at a game apiece. Stanley Cup finals resume tomorrow in Florida with Vegas up two love in uh, two really dominating games for them. And anything else going on, the PGA Tour and Jay Monahan, the commissioner. And I just don't understand how uh, this is going to work for Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour. He has a lot of the players completely ticked off. Uh, this is a guy that is talking out of both sides of his mouth. And again, this is probably the best thing for golf, but the way it happened and the way it transpired uh, is real bad. I don't think there's any question about that. So if you want to discuss that or anything else during this open form Wednesday, the floor is yours. Chris Paul meeting with uh, management today with the Phoenix Suns as they try to uh, figure out what's best for their franchise moving forward. There's a lot of Kings fans wanting to know about Dwight Howard that says he still has basketball left in him and want to help Sacramento win a championship. I mean, uh, so there's a lot of issues. And again, anywhere you want to go today, we can discuss it. All right, Connor, we'll get you going again here on this Open Forum Wednesday and you'll start us off. How are you, buddy? Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, so this Dwight Howard news, I obviously don't think that Dwight Howard at this point in his career is going to really tip the scale for the Kings at all, but it did kind of make an interesting point of, do you think that the Kings are, I mean, obviously they are, but the Kings are now more of a free agency destination for players? Yes. I think that the style of play... Uh, is extremely attractive to players around the NBA. So I, I do. I think this is very reminiscent of what happened in the late 1900s and the early 2000s when players were telling their agents, get me to Sacramento. So, yes, I do believe that to be the case. Yeah, what a change of scenery that is for Kings fans to hear that maybe now we can start landing. I'm not going to say that we're going to land any all-star superstars, but if we can just get some solid role players that want to come and help this team, it could be really good for them. It's the biggest misconception about Sacramento. Uh, the same, the reality is the same thing happened with the Warriors uh, until they became good. Nobody wanted to go there. They couldn't get any free agents. And as soon as the Warriors started to turn the corner, everyone wanted to play there. And everyone was figuring out how to, how to get there. Same thing in Sacramento in the early 2000s. You had free agents telling their agents, you know, get me to Sacramento. And the Kings were able to sign some really good free agents. So you'll, you, the, the, the reality is Sacramento is a much more attractive team right now because of the style of play. Players like playing that style of basketball. They see Fox. They see Sabonis. They see the uh, getting up and down the floor, the way they play. That is very attractive to players. So, yes, I think the tide has turned. And another thing about the NBA, I think I heard you bring it up a little bit on YouTube with 
John Moran potentially being a toy gun in the video. Is, do you think that that's the additional information that Silver was talking about when he was interviewed? It could be. It could be. But, I mean, the reality is, why don't we hear that it was a toy gun from his side in the first 24 hours? Why are we waiting a couple of weeks before that comes out? It seems kind of silly to me. I mean, I, I would think that, you know, if that were me on a video, uh, that would be the first thing I would have said. Okay, how come it took weeks for that to be disclosed if it is indeed true? doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, the whole scenario is just really confusing. Like if I heard there are rumors that the suspension could be about 30 or less games now. But I mean, should there be any suspension at all if it was a toy gun? Yeah, there should be a suspension. Um, There should be a suspension for being stupid. All right. So there should be. And here's the reality. He met with the commissioner, okay, and they had a private conversation. And in that conversation, I'm almost going to guarantee you that there were certain assurances made by Morant to the commissioner uh, and how long his first suspension would be and what his behavioral, behavioral pattern needed to be when he comes back. And within a month, he violated that already again. You know, the image that Morant put out on that Instagram live video is a bad image for the NBA. It's not an image that helps the NBA. It hurts their brand. And so, yes, he can still be suspended for a period of time that is significant. That's a good point. And I kind of wanted to, obviously the big news is all the stuff with golf. So can you just kind of explain like what this means to the sport and everything? I can't because we still don't know yet. Uh, It's not going to change things this year, but moving forward to 2024, the there still has to be a lot of things worked out. Are the players on the live golf tour just going to be able to come back and reclaim their PGA cards? I mean, there's, there's a lot of contention right now. You know, you heard Rory McIlroy talk about this. He said, you know, in 10 years from now, this is probably going to be good for the game of golf, but I still hate the live golf tour. And, you know, why is it that those players think that, you know, they deserted us, they took the money and they gave up their PGA cards. Now, all of a sudden, they're just going to come back on the PGA tour. It doesn't work like that. So there are still a lot of things that need to be worked out. So I can't explain to you how it's going to work because no one really knows yet. Yeah, a couple of things I kind of took from the news was, does this kind of mean that all of the players on the PGA tour that decided not to take the money on the live tour, basically missing out on all that huge money for no reason now that they're together. Not only that, but it also means that the players that are at the, you know, 125 players retain their tour card every year. Okay. So now let's just say you have, you're between 90 and 125. Okay. And you've earned your way onto the PGA tour. You don't just lose your tour card because the live golf players are going to be back on tour. I mean, it doesn't work like that. So there are all these things need to be ironed out. And there's a lot of things that still are on the table that need to be discussed and how it's all going to work. Yeah. Another thing that I thought of is what does this mean for the majors? Are they going to have the same four majors or does, I wonder if that's yeah. going to get blown up. No, 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 that's never going to change. You're going to have the same four majors. I mean, the history of golf, with those four majors is not going to change that, that that's the fabric of golf. That's how we measure greatness. Jack Nicholas, uh, Tiger Woods. No, the four majors, 
that's that's never going to change. You're still going to have the Masters, the PGA, the U.S. Open, and the Open. That that's not going to go by the wayside. You'll still have the Ryder Cup uh, every two years. That's not going to change. I mean, the, those historic events aren't going to change. Yeah, and one more thing, kind of connecting that to something else is all these players that went to Live Tour. A lot of debates about taking that money and whether it's good money or not and whatever, but. I've seen a connection with soccer. I mean, a lot of Cristiano Ronaldo and Kareem Benzema are two of the best players in the world. And they both went from top flight clubs in the world to the Saudi league, which is really yep. it's not a good league at all. But I mean, they got massive deals and I mean, you sure. really can't blame them for taking that money at the late stages of their career. Hey, listen, the United States was a participant in the Olympics in Beijing a short period of time ago. OK, we know about the atrocities uh, and the uh, the the horrific scenes that we see with the Uyghurs and what's going on there. And we just had the World Cup. You're a huge soccer fan. You just mentioned soccer players in Qatar, where basically homosexuality is against the law and punishable. OK, so it's a punishable crime. So the world went there. The world didn't boycott that. We went there. We didn't boycott the World Cup. I mean, so, you know, there are there are all of these things that are going on around the world. And the reality is that we in this country have to acknowledge that the rest of the world, in some instances, have different values than we do. And it's not up to Americans to go into another country and try to change the way those governments run their countries. I mean, you know, do you think anybody in North Korea gives a damn about how America feels about their country? Now, their citizens don't even know because they're sheltered from the media. But do you think that, you know, Vladimir Putin gives a damn about how we feel about the war in Ukraine? Do you think that the, you know, the leaders of China, okay, give a damn about, you know, what we say about the Uyghur Muslims and everything else associated with that country. I mean, you know, we we tend to forget that the rest of the world is not like America. OK, it's not like that. And, you know, you have a choice to make when you're dealing with these type of issues, such as, you know, the uh, the gay community over in the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Qatar. OK, if you are strong to your convictions if you believe in something strong enough, then you have a opportunity to boycott. You don't have to go to Qatar. You don't have to go to the UAE. You don't have to go to Saudi Arabia. You don't have to buy products from companies that do business in that part of the world. You can shut it off. That can be your way of saying, I don't agree with this. Or you can say, well, you know what? It's sports. I'm a golf fan. And I am well aware of some of the atrocities that Saudi Arabia has been accused of, including their involvement with 9-11 and the murder of Khashoggi. And I can go on and on and on. But the reality is I have a choice to make. Am I going to continue to watch the Live Golf Tour or start watching the Live Golf Tour? Or am I going to watch those golfers? I mean, how many people turned off the PGA Championship because Brooks Kepka? You know, one, I, I would say, and I know their ratings weren't great, but the point I'm trying to make is probably very few, right? Probably very few. Why? Because the majority of sports fans, not all, the majority want to watch 
competition in the true essence of the word competition with the best athletes participating in that competition. It's why we watch the Olympics, right? It's why we watch the 100 yard or the 100 meter dash, which is, you know, arguably the most exciting 10 seconds in the entire summer Olympics. The world can't wait to watch that. Why? Because we are truly watching the fastest athletes in the world run a hundred meters. That's always been attractive. It will always be attractive. But if you are against the politics of China, when they're hosting the Olympics, then you don't have to watch it. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of people, Connor, that don't give a damn about that. And that's their right. And they, they can just say, you know what? I'm not watching golf because I'm thinking about, well, gee, Saudi Arabia did this and they did that. You know, I live in a country that's not perfect. You know, the United States also commits a lot of atrocities. The United States has a lot of issues that the rest of the world looks at and goes, what the hell's wrong with that country? You know, again, we all have choices in life. You can watch something or you cannot watch something. Nobody's forcing you to watch golf. Nobody's forcing you to watch the Olympics. Nobody's forcing you to watch the World Cup. You as a consumer make a choice on that. So there, there's a lot going on. I saw an interview that Bryson DeChambeau made on CNN last night, and he's being roasted for it because he's talking about, well, how 9-11 was 20 years ago. And, you know, this country's trying to put their better foot forward and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, a lot of people are having a problem with that. Well, if you really have a problem with it, don't watch Bryson DeChambeau anymore. Don't use the products that are the companies that sponsor him. I mean, you know, to me, it's really that simple because you really don't have any other choice as a citizen in this country. You can't change world politics. You can't change what Saudi Arabia is going to do. I, as a, you know, 63-year-old man living in the America, can't change the way China runs their country. I can't change the the laws as it pertains to homosexuality in the UAE and, you know, other, other countries. So I, I can't do anything about it. But if I really, if it really bothers me, I can turn the TV off. So, you know, I know I'm going around and about here, Connor, but this is, this is a, 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 a wide range, very encompassing situation. It brings in a lot of factors. I'm sure you've seen Brandy Chambly, right, of the Golf Channel, who has been extremely outspoken about the Live Golf Tour and Saudi Arabia and their atrocities. And he's getting roasted right now for his comments that he's made, uh, including yesterday. And yet Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, can go on national TV, do interview after interview with Jim Nance and Dan Hicks on CBS and NBC and all the Golf Channel coverages and can, you know, condemn the Saudi government, talk about 9-11, talk about their atrocities, talk about blood money. And then 14 months later, signs a deal to basically have the sport run by the Saudis. I mean, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Believe what you believe in and act on it. That's really, to me, what it boils down to. Yeah, I think that it's all about transparency. I mean, I think that you're not a bad person if you're watching the World Cup and the Olympics. You can you can still watch and enjoy those things and not support the policies of the countries that are hosting it. And I Correct. think it's just the transparency, like what the PGA commissioner completely basically gave up on when he completely switched up his ideology. I mean... If yes. you're going to stick to one side, then stick to the side. Well, I know what I believe in. Okay, I have a couple of basic principles, and there's nothing 
that would ever change my core principle of who I am. You have your core principles. You know, we have other people listening. I know what my core principles are. I've been living with them my whole life. Most of my audience knows what my core principles are because I preach them on the air for years and years and years. That's who I am. That's Grant Napier. And there's nothing in the world. There's no amount of money. There's nothing in the world that would change my core values. We all have to decide, you know, what is best for us. So, uh, it's this is a really interesting conversation. If you don't mind, because I like to pick your brain, tell me what you think is going to happen in Game Three tonight. Well, I think it's going to be a really good game. Obviously, Miami being the home team, I don't really think that means anything. I think either Doesn't. team can take the game, and like I said on YouTube, it's Jamal Murray. I think in Game Two he only had about 18 points, and his efficiency wasn't great, and he needs the. I think score 25 plus to be able, because you know, Jokic is going to do his thing. He's probably good for a 30 point triple double just casually. Yep. But I mean, they need the third best player other than Jokic and Butler to be Murray if they want to win. Connor, great conversation today, buddy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I just had one more thing, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. I know it's not big news probably on this show, but Lionel Messi, arguably the best player in soccer yep. history. He's signing yep. with the MLS. I mean, that's huge for U.S. soccer. It's gigantic. And I've already read, you know, ticket sales for his road matches are going through the roof. So we're talking about an icon. You know what this reminds me of? And I, you're, you're talking to someone that's not a soccer fan. But I will tell you that as a kid growing up in New York, when Pele ended up playing for the New York Cosmos, it was like captivating for the sports audience in New York. He, it was right up there with what the Knicks were doing, the Yankees, the Mets. I mean, Pele with the Cosmos, when he played in New York, changed the way people viewed soccer. The place was sold out every night. I'm talking about 75,000 people, Connor. Okay. I'm talking about 75,000 people to watch Pele play in the home matches. You understand? So Messi is going to have this same impact, don't you think? Oh, 100%. I think he's going to be an ambassador for the game in the United States with, I mean, everybody's going to want to come to watch him. And that's just what makes me think back to if Sacramento had an MLS team, I couldn't even imagine being oh. able to oh. go watch him play. Let's pray he doesn't get injured. And I really mean that. That would be a disaster for the league. Yeah, it sure would. Because, I mean, like you said, ticket prices are quadrupling, I mean, even more, just, it's crazy yep. what, what he does for the sport. I'm not a soccer fan, but I would pay a premium to go watch him play live just to say, I watched one of the greatest of all time, because I've been blessed to do that in all the other sports. And I've been blessed to announce, you know, what I think are the greatest players in the history of their sport. I announced a game with Wayne Gretzky. You know, I announced the Sharks LA Kings game on TV with Wayne Gretzky playing. Uh, I've announced Raider games with Jerry Rice playing. Uh, and I didn't do uh, the NFL when Jerry was on the 49ers, but, you know, I, I, I did a game with him playing. I've done NBA games with Michael Jordan, right? Magic Johnson, Bird. I mean, I've been very blessed, but I will never ever be an announcer for a game that Messi's in, but just being in the crowd saying, wow, I watched this guy play. That would be, uh, I don't want to call it a bucket list because I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big soccer fan, but I like watching greatness. 
and he is an iconic, legendary figure. And for that reason, I would pay a premium to watch him play. No, he got lucky because he signed in your neck of the woods in Miami, so that makes it a little bit easier. Yep. Yep. Thanks, buddy. Good hearing from you. Thanks for having me. Good talk. All right. Take care. Hey, folks, I want to talk to you about Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. I've got to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. That is until I found Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Z-Biotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Z-Biotics your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. And again, I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then I was at a birthday party. Uh, My buddy and his wife had rented out a restaurant, and I had a couple of drinks, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot tonight. And you know what, folks? Believe me, it is the real deal. Vacations, weddings, birthdays, reunions. Hey, there's so much going on, right? Get the most out of your spring plans by stocking up on pre-alcohol now. Go to zbiotics.com slash grant to get 15% off your first order when you use grant at checkout. Zbiotics is back with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, go to zbiotics.com slash grant. Use the code grant at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Bye-bye. All right, let's move along and let's get to uh, Ryan in Sacktown. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Grant. Um, Well, it sounds like some of those MLS teams are going to uh, start recouping their entry fee to the league now that Messi's joining. (laughs) Yeah, Holy I think so. Boy. Absolutely. I know. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Um, I wanted to just add on to the John Morant conversation. I think that that was completely Bush League by him and his camp coming out and saying that it's a fake gun because to me, it doesn't matter whether that's a fake gun or a real gun. The punishment still needs to remain the same. The only difference, and again, I'm not familiar with where that video in what state and I don't under I don't I'm not familiar with the laws as it pertains to firearms in that state. Um, you know, I don't know if he violated a local law. I don't know if he had a permit, if it's a re- you know, all, there's the legal aspect of that. But I, based on what you're saying, I agree with you. Yeah, it just, one, it's image, right? And hurting the league in that sense, he already had the one issue that you've already covered. But two, even if it's a fake firearm, there's still regulations, you know, about having those out and certain markings that are supposed to be on them. So, I mean, I saw the video. I didn't see a red tip on the barrel of the gun, but I wasn't looking carefully. So who knows? Um, Anyways, I wanted to get to the PGA and the live stuff and comment a little bit more on what Connor was saying and ask you how different would the conversation be yesterday and today had Jay Monahan not kind of gone into the weeds and drawed the 9-11 connection about a year ago with Jim Nance? I think it would be different. I don't know if it would be significantly different, but it would certainly be different because there are many that have called out the live golf tour for their obviously connection with the Saudi government, not just Jay Monahan. I mean, there's been a lot of people that have been outspoken about that. So, but it would be different 
from Monaghan's perspective, I don't think there's any question. And I'll tell you something else. The fact that he did this deal in the dark without any yes. of his tour members knowing about it, I just don't understand how that can happen. I mean, how do you not have Tiger Woods in the room? How do you not have Roy McElroy in the room? How do you not have the true stars and legends of your tour, who, by the way, gave up hundreds of millions of dollars to stay with you? How are they not part of this? I don't understand that. Yeah, no, you're spot on. And I think the reaction would have been exactly what it was reported to be from that players meeting yesterday um, that they held, you know, very negative and very contentious. You know, here's the problem. Obviously, it was done in the dark. Um, and there's a reason for that because they didn't want one it to get out. And two, none of the players probably would have, or a lot of the players would not consent to it. And you and Connor were talking about people watching games or the Olympics in countries where you may not agree with the politics, but you just hit the nail on the head. You have a group of guys that stayed with the PGA tour and did not sign with the live, whether it was, we'll never know loyalty to the PGA tour or whether it was morals. They don't want Saudi money. Well, guess what? Now we don't even know the name of the tour that they're going to be playing on because that's still to be announced and it's Saudi money whether you like it, it or not. So money. now yep. you have put yep. your you've put your players in a position where if they disagree with taking Saudi money, then they're going to completely lose their livelihood if they choose to walk away from the game. And one thing we haven't mentioned is the PGA is ran by the players. So they could possibly revolt against this decision yep. and possibly yep. have it overturned. Now here here's another whole aspect of this. Every week on the PGA Tour, a great deal of money goes to charity. Okay, that's what the PGA Tour is all about. Okay, charities make a ton of money from the PGA Tour. How are these charities going to feel, some of them, not all of them, about their money coming from the Saudi government? I mean, there's a whole, there's a lot of layers to this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And another layer is sponsorships, Grant. I mean, certainly the money's going to be there for the purses because it's Saudi-backed, but how many sponsors are going to back out of the PGA Tour, whatever the tour becomes or whatever the name is, because they don't want to be associated with the Saudis? Because this is a... Look at all the sponsorships that Phil Mickelson lost. Think about that. You watch Phil Mickelson play on the Live Golf Tour. He doesn't have any patches on his shirts or his hat. You know, the the big... And there are many other golfers that lost their sponsorships. So, you you know, you're right. Now, a lot of these major corporations do business in Saudi Arabia, and we get all of that. But many of them don't and and basically took away sponsorships from the players. So you're spot on. This is going to be a very interesting period of time. Absolutely. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head because the players are the ones that get paid for those sponsorships that are on their shirts, that are on their hats, yep. separate yep. from the purses. So it, it's a, it, would you say it is the way the deal was done, the shadiest deal you have seen in sports history? Ever. Yes. I think it's the shadiest deal that I've ever seen. I think that I can't, I can't remember a sport that's had a worse 24 hours than the PGA tour from the time the announcement was leaked. Think about this. Players were learning about this from social media. Now think about that. Yeah. A deal of this magnitude and your players on your tour are finding out about it on social media. Are you kidding me? I mean, come on. Yeah, it was a joke. So, all right, my friend, thank you so much for the time. Yep. Good stuff right there. Let's move along. And uh, we say hello to Nando. Miami sports vibes getting ready for a big game three tonight. How are you, buddy? How's it going? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I know you are, my man. 
I'm fired I up. Know. <laughs> yep. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing well, man. I, uh, aside from the NBA Finals, I kind of wanted to hear uh, your take on Chris Paul, this Chris Paul news. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a little surprised. I mean, I'm hearing different reports that he is not, he's been waived, he's going to be waived. Is I mean, is it official that he's been waived? Uh, at first, it came out that it was official, but then I think Woj kind of corrected that, and I think they're looking right. at maybe a stretch or maybe he'll yeah. – leave and come back on a on a minimum deal or something like yeah. that so i wanted to, i know i know i know paul is on record as saying he wants to be there and play with booker and play with some of the other players so i mean it would definitely be a completely different looking team here's my take nando i think you've pretty much drained everything you can out of chris paul in terms of winning a championship i just don't know you know at this point with him breaking down and the injuries that he seems to have every year if he's a guy that at this part in his career is going to be able to really take a team and put him over the hump. I'm very skeptical about that. No. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I mean, if he can, if they can get rid of, you know, not paying him that amount of money that he had, that would be huge for them to add somebody else to their roster. Because I feel like, I, yep. I don't know. I don't know if I'm looking too deep into this, but I feel like the Kyrie Irving news trying to get LeBron to Dallas, I feel like kind of sparked Phoenix because they want to be considered a championship favorite. And I don't know if that is, you know, goes hand in hand with that, but it's just, it's kind of a coincidence. Cause I feel like, you know, they talk about Durant and LeBron always, you know, trying to be the top guys. And I feel like they're always competing against each other. So I don't know if that's related or not, but yeah, I, I think well, this opens the door to add somebody to Phoenix though. You know, I'm not, I'm not a Kyrie supporter. Um, I think he divides teams and I, but, but just, if you're looking at it from a talent level, Name me a, a backcourt in the NBA that would be better talent-wise than Kyrie Irving and Devin Booker. Uh, ta- talent-wise, back nah, if you're going on base, I mean, talent, a couple of years ago, in a couple of years ago, you would say Curry and Thompson, but not anymore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there was always Curry and Thompson, and then you know you saw glimpses here and there with CJ and Dame, but I think that backcourt right there was from a yeah. talent standpoint. There's there's no match for sure. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah. No, I wanted to hear your take on that. And how? You, uh, what do you think of the finals? Uh, I, I'm assuming you, you still think Denver takes it, right? I do, but I, I've also did a podcast on this, and I just Miami. There's something going on there that you just cannot put your finger on. Um, what they done have done is truly remarkable. It is they 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 really do have its us against the world mentality. I mean, it's very evident when you listen to their post game and they go, we don't give a damn what people are saying. We don't give a damn that nobody's picking us. We don't give a damn about the criticism. We don't care. You know, we don't even talk about it. We just come out and play. And um, I I love that. I mean, they're an easy team to root for, the Miami Heat. I got to tell you, what they're doing is absolutely remarkable. I wouldn't put it past them, Nando. I mean, they've come this far. Why can't they win three more games? And, you know, Denver's also up against the, hey, we're really good. We have a superstar, but we've never won before. You know, if if Miami wins tonight, the Denver Nuggets are going to have immense, immense pressure on them in game four, the most pressure that they've had since that group has been together. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm fired up. You know, even though the game's at home, though, we have lost plenty of games at home. You know, we won three. Oh, yeah. against, we won three against Boston on the road in Boston. So 
it's it's not something that you know where you typical you know NBA Finals first game at home you're excited for the home crowd. I'm I'm just treating this as a regular game, and I hope we could take a two one lead. That would be huge. It would be huge. Uh, are you following the hockey at all? Uh, I watched game one, and I did not watch game two. I'm not I'm not a big hockey guy, but I see my my Twitter feed is all Panthers this Panthers that. So I'm trying to get into it. I'm trying, but that puck goes so fast, Grant. It is very hard for me to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was just curious. I was just curious. So, uh, rooting, rooting obviously, you know, uh, obviously Vegas, uh, dominated games one and two and their, their goalie, uh, Sergey Sergey Bobrovsky was the main reason why Florida got to the Stanley cup finals. And I said this at the time, and I really believe it. I think the long layoff really, really hurt Florida. I think Vegas not sweeping Dallas in retrospect and losing games four and five was probably the best thing that could have happened to them because they were in rhythm, they were in sync, and I think they're playing their best hockey of the year. Home ice means absolutely nothing in this series. It won't have any bearing on the game tomorrow. Uh, Florida's been thoroughly outplayed in games one and two. They're going to need much better goaltending in game three. They're going to need the power play to click, and this is going to be – this is it for them. I mean, Florida, if they lose tomorrow, they're not coming back from down three love. They're just not. But um, so the series is tomorrow. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Hopefully they could they could take advantage um, playing at home. But like like you said, it probably doesn't matter. But after the game two's performance, you got to you got to uh, play with your back against the wall. But nonetheless, yep. it's been a great story for them. I mean, knocking out Boston and making all the way to the finals still yep. big time. But uh, yeah, Vegas, you can tell that they're just they're just a better overall team from what I've seen. And I'm not too, yeah, they are. too yep. good on hockey, but from what I've seen, they just look like they're a whole level ahead of them. Yep. Thanks, buddy. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. All righty. Take care, Grant. Take care. Good stuff right there from uh, Nando. And uh, check out his podcast, Miami Sports Vibes. He's all over it. Does a great job with that. All right, let's move along to uh, John. John, welcome to the program. How are you, buddy? I'm good, Grant. Can you hear me? I loud and clear. Right on, buddy. Sometimes I have issues with this device. But, man, you get me on after Nando. You asked the same questions that I wanted to ask him because, obviously, he was going to talk about Miami. But then going on to hockey, hey, the way he can be more of a hockey fan, and, Nando, I know you're listening, pay attention to the Golden Knights. You'll learn a lot. Those guys are so fun. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they've been playing well. Uh, We'll see. Big game three tomorrow, no doubt about that. Oh, man, no question. And tonight, too, hey, just like you said about Miami, it's it's so easy to root for those guys because, hey, they're blue-collar. They're just saying, you know, I don't give a shit what you think. Yeah, I'm coming, and here I am. I'm looking you in the eyes, and I'm shaking your hand, and when I look you in the eyes, and this is how it's going. And it might go well. I, I would probably, me personally, if it wasn't for my friendship with Michael Malone and yeah. Ryan Bowen and uh, watching David Adelman grow up, I probably would root for Miami, but – you know, I have a personal relationship with those guys. Uh, I've known them for a long time, and I'm pulling for them for that reason. But I can understand why people would be rooting for the underdog. I get it. Hey, I totally understand why. And you know why you're rooting, or rooting, rooting. I guess that might be too, too strict a word. But why you're pulling for Michael Malone? I am. Yep. I, I mean, hey, yep. the way I see it, if if Denver wins, I'm not a loser. If Miami wins, I'm not a loser because I, I love every single. Both of these two teams, I love so much the perseverance yep. of Miami 
And then just the way that Jokic and the, the Denver Nuggets and Michael's Michael's defense, uh, those Nuggets are so solid defensively and stuff. And the rotations is fun to watch. It makes it fun to watch. So, amen. You know, that was amen. That was that's how that's going. Um, I wanted to get into a little bit about the Live Golf joining up with uh, PGA. If you got a minute, man, we talked. Grant, I think day one or day two about Phil Mickelson when he first joined that and we didn't understand it. And then a few weeks later, everything's changing. Just like, well, at that t- at the beginning, Grant, I totally lost respect for Phil. And then I gained a little back after, after uh, getting some knowledge about, you know, other, other aspects of, you know, PJ tour and things like that. And we talked then, Grant, saying it, these teams or these two leagues might merge someday and it would be like the AFL and the NFL yep. becoming a Super Bowl. I cannot believe this happened in a year's time. I think we said then, maybe in five or ten years, that might happen. Because people tend to overlook, I don't know, you want to call it blood money? Well, you could call it anything you want, but what it is, it's money. And the, the things that you can do for money that you attain that may not be up to your moral satisfaction, you can still take that money and use that for your moral satisfaction to your own cause is what I'm getting. So everybody's got their way of, uh, you know, their way of, of justifying, rationalizing, you know, everybody's got say that. I said, I think the word you're looking for, everyone has their way of rationalizing things. Yeah. Yeah. Rationalizing things. Yeah. Justifying their own actions. Yep. Right. That's it. So, and we're all human, Grant. I'm not going to quit. I don't, I didn't quit watching golf just because the other guys who may not be to my moral, you know, that wouldn't, wouldn't be like me. Cause check it out. I like Brooks Kepka, you know? I liked him when he was with the PGA and we had that funny conversation. Uh, it's, it was a couple of weeks ago when Michael block was there and we talked originally about uh, the, the guy, Gary Cole was, it was Thursday, Gary Cole, what an obscure guy making it. And we talked about Brooks Kefka and then he's a uh, two under, uh, I meant two over, you know what I mean? We had that conversation and yep. he ended up winning even after playing so poorly on Thursday, yep. but we weren't talking about, uh, Cole, at the end of it, we were talking about Michael Block, who we didn't talk about on Thursday, but my God, on Saturday and Sunday, we were talking about him, the hole-in-one yep. and just, man yep. of the people, he's on the block. It was fun, so nobody's, nobody's tuning out of golf. No. I'm not, anyways. Well, if you like the game and if you like competition. So, we will just... Well, we'll I appreciate we'll it, buddy. See how it goes. And listen, the, comp- the commissioner, golf commissioner, he came out and said something. He didn't say everything. He said something to please us. So we all should realize that there is more to come out. And the best thing he could have done maybe was just shut his mouth, but he's probably got so much to say. He couldn't shut it all away. Well, I don't see him surviving this. I really don't. And uh, I appreciate the call, John. Good hearing from you, buddy. Grant, happy Wednesday, buddy. Take care. Good stuff right there. If you want to get in on the program, all you got to do is raise your hand and uh, we will do it. All right. Tomorrow. I'm going to be back over on YouTube. We'll do our uh, open forum Q&A. I'm going to do it tomorrow 
at uh, four o'clock because I'm not missing the hockey game. So we will do it at four o'clock. All right. We'll get it done. We'll have fun. That's tomorrow at uh, four o'clock. All right. What do you want to talk about? Open forum Wednesday. If you have anything you want to add, do it now. And if not, we'll wrap up the show. Get ready for uh, NBA Finals Game 3 tonight. I think Denver wins this game tonight, but I, I would never pick against Miami. But I just – I see Denver winning this game. I would like to see these teams split these two games to make it a best of three. I mean, that would be great drama coming down the stretch. But uh, my pick for tonight – uh, the Denver Nuggets. Hey, really appreciate the audience today. Thank you very much. Uh, be sure and check out my website, grantnapier.com, or if you don't like that.com. I just had a show with uh, Ryan and Jerry Reynolds that has been posted, and you can listen to that. Jerry, how are you, sir? Hey, Grant. How are you, sir? Good, buddy. What's happening? Grant, let me ask you something. Uh, since the uh, Phoenix Suns waived Chris Paul, You've you've always said that the Kings need a backup point guard. Do you think Chris Paul would want to be a backup point guard behind you, Aaron Fox? I don't. Well, first of all, I don't believe they've officially waived Chris Paul. Um, but assuming that they are going to, um, would I want him as a backup point guard? He'd be absolutely perfect in that role. But I I think Chris Paul sees himself as a starting point guard. And and Grant, do you see uh, Sasha coming uh, from? Europe to come to the Kings next year? I do. I think they'll work out a, a, an agreement. Yes, I do. And do you think that uh, if Sasha plays better than Kevin Herter, do you see the Kings benching Kevin Herter? Or what do you think? I don't. I, I would say it's highly unlikely that he'll play better than Kevin Herter. Highly unlikely. I don't see any scenario where that's true. I've talked to a couple of scouts over in Europe and they have all said the same thing to me about Sasha. They think he's okay. They don't think he's anything special. And Grant, uh, one more thing about the Niners, Grant. If uh, if you think, uh, like, if Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are going for the number one spot, Grant, and Brock Purdy has an awesome preseason, do you think that the Niners would start Trey Lance ahead of Brock Purdy? No. No, there's no chance. Brock Purdy is the number one quarterback on the 49ers right now when he's healthy. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Even though if Trey Lance plays very well in the preseason? I don't think it matters what Trey Lance does in the preseason. If Brock Purdy's healthy, I think that's your starting quarterback. And Grant, because they asked uh, Coach Shanahan today, they asked him, says, uh, about Brock Purdy and about Trey Lance. Has anybody contacted you guys about Trey Lance's trade? And uh, Kyle Shanahan's, uh, no. Uh, do you think that behind the doors, that do you think the Niners have reached out to different teams about a possible Trey Lance trade. And if yeah, so, I don't think Trey Lance is, yes, I do, but I don't think Trey Lance is very attractive to teams right now based on what they have on film, based on what they've seen, based on a style. I don't think Trey Lance is, you're, I don't think you're going to get a lot for Trey Lance right now. And so the 49ers are like, well, you know what? We're not paying him a lot. He's on a rookie contract. We're not going to give him away. We're going to see whether or not he can be the guy that we thought we drafted. But the reality is Brock Purdy is the number one quarterback on that team if he's healthy. And Grant, one more thing, Grant. Uh, if the 49ers use Trey Lance in the preseason when the teams are uh, uh, doing their third string defense, do you think just possibly that the Niners could use that as a weapon? Like, hey, this guy played good against the third team. No. Deep? Oh, okay. 
No, preseason means nothing for a quarterback position. Teams don't evaluate quarterbacks based on the preseason. Opposing teams don't evaluate quarterbacks on what they do in the preseason. So I don't think it has any bearing at all. I think it's more important how Trey Lance plays in practice than how he plays in the preseason from Kyle Shanahan's point of view. And Grant, uh, uh, like one more thing. So if, uh, you know, if the Niners do decide to trade Lance, what do you think they can get for him, Grant? Because, you know, they gave right now. I don't think they could get a lot, Jerry. I don't think they could get a lot. Um, I don't think you'd get a number one for him. I don't think teams would be giving up a number one right now for Lance based on what they've seen. But I I don't know what they could give up for him. But I, I don't think you'd get a first round pick. Would you trade him for a second or a third round pick, Grant? Well, if I liked him, I would. But I don't like him. Uh, there's nothing about his game that I uh, like based on what I've seen. And I also don't think he's going to be able to stay on the field based on the style of football that he plays. So for me personally, looking at the quarterback position, no, I would not. But it, all it takes is one general manager to say, I like his tools and his tools box. I think he can be successful here. And I'm willing to give up that to have him on my roster. So that, you know, it only takes one general manager to evaluate him differently. Well, Grant, if the I uh, know if the Niners, you know, knew uh, knew this, then why did they give up the whole freaking? I mean, I mean, they get a, a lot. Jerry, the 49ers did not know this. They did not know this. They, they 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 thought that Trey Lance would be a franchise quarterback. They made a mistake. Okay, based on what we've seen to this day, they've made a mistake. Teams make mistakes all the time. Look at the Chicago Bears. They made a trade a couple of years ago with the 49ers. They moved up one spot. They drafted Mitchell Trubisky, big-time bust. They gave up a lot. If, if you like a quarterback, you go out and get that guy. You know, the Giants gave up a ton to get Eli Manning. Well, it ended up being the right move. He won two Super Bowls and was the MVP of both Super Bowls. So it was worth giving up the next year first-round pick, which ended up being Sean Merriman for the Chargers. You know, sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Again, the Bears are an example. It looks like the 49ers are another example. I mean, you know, teams make mistakes all the time, Jerry, in all sports when it comes to drafting players. It's not an exact science. If it were, nobody would ever make mistakes in the draft. It happens. You got to deal with it and move on. You know, you can't you can't magnify your mistake by not admitting you made a mistake. Brock Purdy's the better quarterback based on what we've seen, and the players in the locker room know that too. See, that's another aspect of this. The players in the 49ers locker room know that the best quarterback on the roster is Brock Purdy. They don't think it's Trey Lance. The players know that. Well, Grant, let me ask you this thing, Grant. So if Trey, uh, uh, if uh, if uh, Brock Purdy, all right, he played eight, eight games with the 49ers, all right? So how do we know that he's not going to come back next year and uh, he's not going to be as – as efficient he was the previous year. Why would we he not be that. efficient? What, 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 wait a minute. What, what, what would make him not efficient? He's got great skilled people. He's got a great tight end. He's got a good line. Why would he not be efficient? Like, what, is he going to forget how to play football over the summer, Jerry? <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to ask you this then. All right, if he if he comes out and he, he if he starts to struggle right, the first four or five games, can you see the Niners bringing in Trey Lance? Yeah, of course, of course. But why would I think that he's going to struggle? I mean, there's nothing that he did that would intimate to me that he's going to struggle. Now, I'm not saying he's the next Johnny Unitas or the next Joe Montana, but he's already proven that he's the starting quarterback in the NFL. The sample size is large enough to see that the guy knows what he's doing. 
Grant George Kittle came out today and he said that uh, that he's very happy the way Trey Lance is playing, uh, and uh, you know he's wishing the young guy very good success. Uh, do you what do you want him to say, Jerry? What do you want him to say? Gee, Trey Lance has been a bust. I don't know why our organization took him. Brock Purdy's our quarterback. Of course he's going to say that. What else do you want him to say? That's true, Grant. All right. Well, I just, you know, I just wanted your info. Jerry, I'm glad you called me so I can set your mind straight, buddy. <laughs> All right, Grant. Have a good night. You too, Thank Jerry. You. Take care. Bye-bye. I mean, this is really an easy conversation. If Purdy's healthy, he's your starting quarterback, period. All right? All right, John, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to get the last word in, buddy. Hey, Jerry, man. We sh- you guys should trade that quarterback for a couple of super young offensive linemen is all you need to do with Trey Lance. That's all. He needs to go somewhere. But nobody wants him because somebody needs to protect those quarterbacks. But nobody wants Trey Lance. He's- he hasn't done anything special. Thanks, Grant. Have a great one. No one's given up good offensive linemen for Trey Lance. Not happening. All right. Tell you what is happening. This show has hit the finish line. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me right here on an open form Wednesday. Bye-bye.